It's the Christmas season, and with the Christmas season comes a lot, a lot of times invites to reunions and dinners and parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of work functions, a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, but Dad, we were talking today in the office about, you know, when you have all these invites flooding in, and sometimes we get that as pastors, lots of just really good, well-meaning people that want to hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had actually quoted a verse from this chapter. You said, we can't do them all. Yeah. And then you quoted a verse from this chapter. <laughs> and I can't wait to hit that yeah, verse we'll in it. a little bit. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And I'll get started right away in verse one, just uh, double checking with 33 verses. So verse one, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Wow. Imitate God. Be like God. Not in trying to pretend you have God's power or God's authority or his sovereignty, but that we were created in God's image and we're to be God-like in our approach to life and our values and all of that. So imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear, dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Verse four here is a big verse. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You know, Junior, though, at the same time, I I see a lot of Christians that there's, there's stuff on TV and movies and things that at one time we Christians would reject outright. They would never watch those shows, watch those movies. They would, because we're not, to, you know, this is what he says. No obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. I mean, when there's some television shows that that's all that they are. is built off that. And for whatever reason, we, we have no problem with it. Yeah. What's happened? Yeah. I think we've been like the proverbial frog in the kettle that slowly but surely everything changed on TV and we just went along with it. Yeah. At some point you almost have to ask yourself, where's the line? Because I don't even know if we have ever even identified, where's the line for me? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we just kind of go based off feeling. Well, that feeling changes as our conscience gets more seared and more seared. And then all of a sudden we, you know, there's this big fall. Then we, at some point you got to say, okay, where, where's the line here? Mm-hmm. What am I not going to watch and feast on with my eyes on Netflix? Yeah. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Is this saying a greedy Man. person cannot be in heaven? Well, I think that a person who is, that's their identity, that their life is characterized by these things means that their identity is not in Christ and that their life is not characterized by godliness. Okay. And so it's not so much that, I mean, Jesus died for us to forgive us for our sins, but when we receive him, there is a transformation that's going to give us a different set of desires. Yeah. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey. What's the, the excuses? Uh, well, like back to the television or movie example. Well, I'm I'm will because there's so much value in it that I'm willing to put up with the bad stuff in order to gain the you know in order to gain the good stuff. Well, that's that's the stuff. That's exactly what Paul's talking about. Don't put up with people who excuse yeah. those things. Yeah, and then we here we do see the anger of God. So yesterday we talked about you know God mm-hmm. is grieved, but yeah, God does get angry. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. We're supposed to be different from the rest of the world. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Certainly, or (laughs) certainly, that was a total misread. (laughs) Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. 
but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. And yet I see professing Christians just laughing and joking about the same evil that Paul says we should have nothing to do with. Verse 14, for the light makes everything visible. And this is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You want to pick it up in verse 15, Junior? So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Here's the verse that you quoted today, Dad. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Yeah, and honestly, I'm not crazy about the modern translations of this verse. Uh, I think the literal translation is much better. This, uh, the NLT, as well as the NIV, it just says make the most of every opportunity, but literally says redeem the time. Redeem the time means buy back the time. That make the best use of time. I think that's how I quoted it. It I forget which version says make the best use of time. That's, that's probably the better way to understand this. It's not just take advantage of every opportunity. It's, it's get rid of those things that are using up your time that are not valuable. That's how you redeem the time. You buy the time back. Yeah. So you'd even mentioned that, and, and maybe this might kind of ruffle some feathers, but yeah. let's just go here. You had mentioned, you know, you, ha- you personally, you get a lot of invites. You know, people want to have sure. dinner with you and, yeah. and, and you do. Oh, just you, well-meaning. Yeah. And you people. do dinners with people, yeah. you know, lunches yep. with people, um, all of that. But you had mentioned, and this is so good, especially to some of the younger guys on staff, you're like, but also my marriage means something too. So mm-hmm. there's those moments where I have to tell somebody I'd love to, but it's more important. Yeah. It's a bigger opportunity for you to spend time with mom and to invest in the marriage. Yeah. I, I have to, of course. And, and you do as well. There are times I just have to say we're, we're kind of at our max right now for appointments that we've made and, and I, I sometimes I simply say I've got an appointment that night. I, I you know, now maybe you you're gonna know what I'm on. What, you're on to what I do. But the truth is, sometimes my appointment is with my wife, and yeah. I don't necessarily say that because I don't feel like I have to explain myself every time I right. I turn something down. But I do need that time is valuable for me to keep my marriage strong as well, yeah. as well as just personally being, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, yeah, we do have to buy back the time. That's we right. have to be wise in how we use our time. He says, "Don't act thoughtlessly." I almost want to say that to, you know, my, my high school self. <laughs> Walk around thoughtlessly, Junior. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's cool how he describes being filled with the Holy Spirit. And how, how is that? Sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. By the way, if you are not submitted to anybody, you are on your way to wreck your life. And I would even say uh, there's an element where you, you have to question whether you're in the family of God because the family of God is full of submission. Yeah. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his, of his body, the church. And the church submits to Christ. So you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. Dad, not, is that a cultural not, thing? Not very popular at all. And I, I can't see this in any way as being cultural because then he takes it back to creation. And so I, you know, I really think that this is just the, God's design. I, and if I were to create a world, I pro, you know, I, I could say, well, I would do it differently. Or, and, and if I were writing the Bible, I wouldn't have written this. But who cares? It doesn't what matter. I right? think yeah. I, you know, for me, I, I just look at this thing. I just, I just need to do whatever God says, and this is how He says He set things up, and this is how we're supposed to conduct ourselves in a marriage, and this is how we ought to do it. So let's yeah. do it that way. Yeah, this is one of those things I, I, I do premarital counseling. Used to, I'm just not as great of a counselor, Dad. 
I'm very good at it. I, I still do once in a while with my wife, but um, I, I, whenever we get to like the submission chapter, I always let her take the lead on that. Sure. Because it's kind of hard as a guy to be like, hey, you got to yeah. submit to him. But my wife, she champions that. Which Yeah. I really and your mom, your mom's the same way. She does a better job with it than I do. But here's the thing that I think we forget in these next few verses yeah, that this is where it really it, is. It's, it's, it's a whole lot easier with what the wives have spoken to them is a whole lot easier than what the husbands yeah. have. I, I think it's near impossible. And yet this is what we're to strive right. for. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her, make her holy and clean and washed by the cleansing of God's word. Now, Dad, let me just say this. I have seen guys take this and be like, hey, to love my wife means I'm just going to do anything she wants. So right. she's submitted, but like, I'm just going to do whatever she wants. A servant leadership, and that's not servant leadership. What does Christ do for the church? Yes, Christ gave himself for her. He also calls out the church a sure. lot in Revelation. Yeah. And so it's not like Jesus just lets the church get its way all the time. Right. Jesus gave himself for it, but there's also some leadership yeah, there. Gen, yeah, genuine love in this context means you've, you've still got to lead. And you've there, sometimes there needs to be some confrontation, some difficult conversations. And I think it goes both ways, yeah. yes. Uh, the whole thing is led off with further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then he says, wives, this is by yielding to your husband's leadership. And then husbands, this is by loving her in a very self-sacrificial way. Yeah. Um, so you're not leading out of what you selfishly want yourself for your own benefit, but you're leading in such a way that it's best for the family. Nor are you leading in such a way that's easier. Yeah. Easiest for you. Verse 27. So, yep. says, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she'll be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as, the, as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for it. I've heard you say this before, Dad, when people say, I just hate myself. And he's like, well, Scripture says no one hates his own body. Yeah, I think that when we say I hate myself, what we really mean is I, I don't like the way God created me. Yeah. That's really what we're saying. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a lack of gratitude and uh, that can sound pretty harsh, but it's, it also can be illuminating to understand oh, wait a minute. When I say I hate myself, no, because if, if you hated yourself, you'd look in the mirror and say, man, I'm glad you're ugly. Cause I hate you. Yeah. When in reality we're saying, I hate the way I'm created. I hate my body or I hate my looks. Jack just started laughing. I wonder if he had said that to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 30 says, and we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Man, and I love the way he closes down by talking about how we represent Christ and the church, that we as Christians, if you're married, those of you who are married, I know we got we got singles that would like to be married someday. Um, we've got uh, singles who are dating that are looking to get married someday. We've got um, perhaps people that are divorced and don't see anything on the horizon. And we got a lot of married people, but all of us ought to have a biblical understanding of what marriage is supposed to be, and it ought to be done in such a way that God is lifted up and honored, and people can see the genuineness of Christ in us, that they see that that um, absolute unconditional love that a husband and and by the way. If you're truly a Christian and you're following Jesus, you can never say, I don't love you anymore. You can't ever say that because that's not biblical love. When he says that you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church, that's the word agape, which means 
no end in sight. It never stops because that kind of love is a self-sacrificial commitment to the well-being of Jesus another person. Jesus won't divorce his church. And he won't. And so if you are a Christian husband, you have no right to ever say, I don't love her anymore. No, that's a choice you are to make that you put yourself out and you be self-sacrificial for her and you love her for the rest of your life. In the same way, Wives, we you are to represent Jesus in the way that he submitted to the Father and the church is to submit to Jesus and to have that kind of attitude, encouraging your husband's leadership. Yeah. And that's and he says, This is how we represent Jesus in this world. Right. All right, let's get over to Proverbs. Yeah, Proverbs chapter six. And we had our longest uh uh, longest uh, podcast ever yesterday, yesterday. Junior. So we'll make this get one to quick. this right away. Yeah. That's so right. Um, all right. I'm not even finding uh, it. It's, it's six and I'm not even seeing what, oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> Here we go. Verse 12 is what I marked. Here's a description of worthless and wicked people. They are constant liars. Yeah. There we go. Man, honesty is everything. It is. Parents teach your kids to hate dishonesty. To lies absolutely hate it. Yeah. Lies. That three-year-old telling a lie is not cute. Nope. That's, there's nothing cute about that. That will destroy that child. You ought to have a holy hatred for that lie. Teach your children to hate lying, but you yourself hate the dishonesty in you. I know we all tend towards it. We all tend to to want to speak things that make us look better to other people instead, but that will kill us. Yeah. Intention to deceive is a lie. Any kind of intention to yeah. deceive, yes. So, All right. Well, today is December 6th, and I just want to say this real quick because I love this. It's St. Nicholas Day. Yeah. A lot of people ask me, hey, you know, what do you do with Santa Claus and all of that in, in your house? Let me tell you what I do with Santa Claus real quick. Hmm. I tell them the real story of St. Nick. Yeah, St. Nick was an awesome man. Yeah. He lived in Turkey. His name was Nicholas of Myra. He was a very he lived in a very wealthy uh home and gave it all away. When he inherited, got a big inheritance and the story goes that he had saved a few girls from potential prostitution, mm-hmm. a family in town and they were going to be forced into prostitution because they had a debt and so he snuck some money into their into their shoes at night. That's kind of where we get the stockings and the presents yeah. that comes from that St. Nick. And in fact, that man is a Christian and there was, was one, one of my favorite stories. Yeah, he's a pastor. One of my favorite stories is there was a heretic who was speaking out, you know, it's actually, he was false teaching and St. Nick went up and slapped him across the face. <laughs> so I love telling that part of the story to my girl, St. Nicholas. He's a great man. He's he a real guy. Slapped heretics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a real, and that's what we taught you growing up. We, yeah. we taught you the real story of yeah. the real Santa Claus. Yeah. Yep. He's dead. And, and it's a much better story than yep. the fable that all these kids, I think it's a bigger deal. The parents, the kids are scared to death of the guy. Yeah. These poor kids, we force them to sit on his lap and are just screaming away. Yeah, right. It's like, no, it's it's more important to you, mom and dad, than it is to the kids. Just tell your kids the real story. Yeah. Don't lie to them. Yep. He's dead, but he's more alive than he's ever been. Yeah, and, that's and right. One day we will be too. Yeah. All right. Make it a good day today. See you tomorrow.